0: Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Uh, My special guest is Nate Rifkin, and we'll be talking about his journey as well as his new book, The Standing Meditation, Excel in the Modern World Using an Ancient Practice. After dropping out of college, Nate Rifkin had dedicated himself to self-help and pursuing his entrepreneurial dreams, yet he failed to achieve any of his goals. Worse... He had spiraled into debt, drank every morning, felt lonely, lost, and hated himself. A few years later, after a brutal bankruptcy and a stint spinning signs on a street corner, Nate had had quadrupled his income, married the woman of his dreams, and found happiness and contentment. What made the difference? Oddly enough, uh, Nate had discovered an ancient form of meditation that reversed his downward spiral and elevated him to levels of success he had never dreamed possible. Candid and painful, but ultimately inspiring, the standing meditation will show you step-by-step how to perform this ancient meditation and introduce you to the mysterious spiritual tradition it comes from. He'll discover how to stop self-sabotage, eliminate self-doubt, and tap into an unlimited source of energy. For more information, you can visit Nate's website, which is naterifkin.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Nate to the show. Good day, Nate.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Appreciate it.
0: It's my pleasure, and, and you have um, a very interesting book. I I had never heard of standing meditation before. You know, whenever I thought of meditation, it was my feet crossed, and you know that just wasn't going to work real well. So I'm really looking forward to uh, learning about it today. So let's start with your journey a little bit. You know, just to give people perspective. So can you tell the folks? You know, I kind of gave it a little bit in the introduction, but from your you know, your voice, um, what was life like for you prior to your discovery of that, that practice?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, life was really sad. Um, it was sad and it it was awful. Um, you know, just to, just to be really honest. Um, I, I came from a, a family that, you know, was really emotionally shut down. Um, parents my parents just really didn't know how to raise children my um, my dad was very absent so I grew up as as an angry kid uh, as a really socially awkward kid Um, and and also as as I got older I got more and more depressed you know in high school I couldn't I could not get a date to save my life I I did not care about my grades Um, I watched a lot of TV and I I guess my my one thread of hope was that if I go to college, you know, I'll I'll be able to start over. So, I went to college at UMass Amherst, um, and yeah, you know, never if no one's ever heard of it, it's it's a giant college, like it's the size of a small city. And within a day of getting there, I realized how actually how wrong I was in thinking I could just start over because even if I was moving out of my home, I was still carrying with me all my same like Mm self-sabotaging patterns and my same, um, awkwardness and just, and honestly it was like a growing self hatred. Um, so I started thinking to myself, well, what do I want to do with my life? Um, and I realized I want to be some kind of an entrepreneur or or a business person or or self-employed in some way. And I, I really wanted to start my own venture. So I started thinking to myself, if I do that, is anyone really going to care if I have a college degree? I mean, are they going to be like, pull me aside, be like, hey, Nate, show, show us your diploma, where you graduate from. I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and uh, and I was like, all right, I, and I'm miserable in college anyway. I mean, I'm like, I'm I, my grades are just careening off a cliff. I mean, a chemistry class, I didn't even know what the heck was going on there. So I, I dropped out after three semesters, I dropped out, I said goodbye to absolutely nobody um, made no friends. I don't think anyone even knew I was gone. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I decided to start my own business. And actually, I started one with uh, my older brother, um, teaching yoga. Now, I I did not know a thing about yoga, but he my brother did. So he could like teach and film DVDs and write about it. And I handled all the business. Like uh the marketing, the advertising, the fulfilling the product, everything. Well, I knew nothing about business. Um I, I knew how to write and I, I, I was learning about mm-hmm. how to market, but but just the basics of business, like um net profit, you know, <laughs> having being covering all your expenses and planning, you know, planning for your quarterly revenue and all that. Nothing. I didn't know a thing. And I was, I was, I was a, I was a 20 something year old kid. So I was, I was, pretty dumb. Um, so
0: well, know, yeah, I mean, it was, was
1: optimistic Yeah. <laughs> <I> know, right. <laughs> Looking back, I think I could be more forgiving. We all, we've all kind of been there, but I, yeah. I felt bad. And, and
0: the thing was, I was yeah. still
1: that lonely, awkward kid. Um, so I, I was using my own credit cards to, to fund this venture. Um, And even though we had some kind of hit or miss success, the misses started to add up and I was, I started going deeper into debt. Um, And I was like, you know, a a credit card bill would arrive in the mail. And I mean, I was just so depressed and scared and I had so little money that I would just kind of drop the envelope on the floor um, and cover it up with other mail and just like pretend it wasn't there. That, that's mm-hmm. a bad financial strategy long term. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was it was it was rough. So, and the thing is, I w- I was a really lonely guy, and I was I was actually more and more depressed. Yeah. And I started drinking uh, alcohol every morning. I started like pouring myself a couple shots of vodka, and then I'd pour in like a an energy drink and, and mix it, and, mm-hmm. and that was like my breakfast. Um, and this Yikes. was. <laughs> Yeah, yikes is right. Um, this is about 2007, I think, or something, something like that. It gets um, – it, 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 it was, and this went on for like uh, uh, several months. The drinking was only several months, but this is like a multi-year downward spiral. So here's the weird part. I was into a lot of self-help, like super into it. Like I was into setting goals. I was into like trying to think positive but it wasn't working. Like something was missing from all this. And I I was so frustrated because I was trying, like I was really, really trying. Um, and -hmm. it wasn't working. And I started blaming what I was learning. I started like thinking that it's all like a lie and that, um, life just comes down to like, you know, some people are lucky and some aren't. Um, and that's really when i started drinking cuz i figured i didn't i didn't care and i didn't care about myself um so that that was kind of the low point for me um and it was and um that's 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 before i learned any of the 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 meditation i'd eventually write about but to, just to set the stage like that that's
0: where i was at that at rock bottom yeah boy i mean in in right now just um You know, as you were going through, and you were talking about depression in in high school. Right now, there is such we have such an issue with teen suicide and and depression, and um, so it's you know for any listeners right now who maybe um, are dealing with a a teen like that or know someone like that, um, definitely check out the you know um, what Nate is talking about because I think you know that's I think people are looking for ways for that. That natural assistance, you know, kind of thing, a, a, a process. So, anyway, I just wanted to get that out there because I know that's just an issue, and 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 um, I just, you know, wanted to make sure to point that out. So, um, so you're at that oh, particular yeah. point now. That that down, downward spiral. Now, tell us about the the point when you learned about the stanking meditation.
1: Sure thing, sure thing. So at this point i'm i'm still like learning and studying business and marketing and it just so happened that one of the people i was learning from uh was into a, a spiritual tradition called taoism now I, I had no idea what taoism was really i might have heard of it like here and there um but he decided that he was going to start teaching some of the cool meditations he would learned um, And he started describing this, this practice and he mentioned how people on the other side of the world would like meditate in caves or on mountaintops and would grow enlightened and become sensitive to like the energy, uh, you know, uh, of the planet and and the kind of the uh, abilities they would have. And I was hooked. I was like, this sounds super cool. So it was inspiring to me, um, and, and, and that was crucial because I was so bitter and so jaded that I, I kind of needed something totally different to kind of catch my attention. So some, something about it like, resonated with me. Um, now, so I, I started practicing this meditation, and what was interesting about it is, like Taoism as a philosophy, e- even if no one's heard of it directly, we, it's actually pretty common in our culture. Like the quote, uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. That's that actually comes mm. from uh Taoism. That's a Taoist quote. Um In fact the, the way I like to say today is that um the character Yoda from Star Wars, like that is a quintessential Taoist oh. uh character, yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, well, I cool. think everybody can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. That. That's absolutely. That's I mean cool. I mean whoever wrote that character <laughs> yeah
1: so um, what's cool is there's a philosophy and it and there's a rich spiritual tradition and there's also a practical side to it there's also like a how-to so Taoists uh, were very into um, starting with meditation and starting with uh, deep breathing exercises you know which I which I, I, can, I can definitely go into those in a bit um, so i learned one and uh, one of these practices and it's a meditation done standing up um and it's and it's a little different from like standing in line at the bank or something like that because you're standing but you're also it's the way i like to describe it is it's like you're standing as if you're trying to sit on an invisible bar stool a very very tall bar stool so it's like it goes right up to your hips and you have to kind of tuck your hips forward in order to rest on it. And, and then to do that, you have to kind of unlock your knees a little bit. So it's just like this subtle little bend in your knees, and you tuck your hips, and then you're able to actually stand like that. Now, what it does, as I later learned, is it actually it opens up um, your body to the, the energy that comes from the ground. So I, I had no idea about any of this. What I did know was that I'm like, all right, I'll try it. I'll just try it. You know, I, I didn't, I, I had nothing to lose at this point. So every morning I would, I would actually take a timer out. I think I had a timer on my, my computer and I put 60 seconds on it because my legs were pretty wobbly trying to stand like this. It was, it was actually kind of a challenge. So I'm like, all right, I'll start with a minute. So I would do it for a minute and i would like, all right, cool. That kind of felt good. And then I'd I'd go drink my vodka. I didn't I didn't stop drinking it. I just, oh, no.
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's where I was.
1: That's where I was in life. I was just, you know, I just, this, I just keep no. it real here. So,
0: yeah, yeah. But, also but then, I, um, with that stance, with that stance. But also, yeah. um, your arms. Aren't your arms out like you're holding a big baseball or something to that effect? As far as your arms. Oh yeah, yeah and it's it's cool
1: it's a good, very good point robert um it's cool because there are different variations but yeah um the the really the really beneficial version that i that i was practicing was i was holding out my arms like holding a beach ball also like you could almost picture like hugging a really big like pine tree um yeah. and i was also Slightly tucking my chin down, which um, raises actually the back of your head up, and the reason behind all this is to lengthen and stretch your spine. It's gentle. Everything you do in this movement is very gentle. You know, you you want to be a, be be a friend of your body. Don't try and force it into mm-hmm. any position that's uncomfortable. But when you do this you're holding yourself in such a way that the the meridians of your body open up because if you've ever gotten like an acupuncture treatment or heard about it, that's, a, that's when a, a practitioner will stick needles in you to open up your meridians. What's cool about standing like this and meditating this way is it also opens up your meridians, but you're kind of, you're doing it to yourself. So it's like you're giving yourself self-care. Um, yeah but I, I uh, thank you for mentioning about the arms because at first that that's a shoulder workout right there. It's, it's tough. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. When I, when I, I mean, when I, when I did it for the first time, it was, um, it, it just felt like, I mean, not only was it, um, like exercising the arm. I mean, kind of acknowledging the arms, I would say, um, but also that it was a, um, for me, I mean, it helped with the, you know, the tiny squat, that little, you know, little lean in um, position for me. It it just also helped with with my balance. Yeah,
1: it's super cool. It's like it it helps with all kinds of little things that honestly surprise you. Um, So I was in a similar position to you when I started because I was, I didn't really know much, but I was I was learning as exploring this position. I was like, Oh, this is cool. It's make it's kinda my legs are getting a little stronger, I'm I'm getting more balance. I'm feeling kind of this cool buzz of energy. What happened is eventually I felt good enough from doing this meditation that um the the alcohol I would drink at, right after it, it actually didn't make me feel as good anymore. Like the buzz I would get from mm-hmm. meditating was better than the, the vodka. So I stopped. I stopped drinking the vodka, cold turkey. And it's just my story. It's just what happened to me. I, I'm not saying this right. is like going to be the case for everyone. But that is what happened. And and it was it was not my willpower. I just... Didn't want to drink anymore. I was feeling good from the meditation. So it was was kind of cool. I started this new little habit, and it knocked out the old bad habit. Um, And then people would remark, like I'd run into someone that I hadn't seen in a few weeks, and they'd be like, oh, Nate, you're you're looking uh, more confident. You're kind of, you got a better vibe to you. And that's when I realized they didn't know that I'd made this change. So something was Mm -hmm. really going on here. So that's how I started to like inwardly uh turn my life around and th- and that's when I realized this is a richer pr- this has brought me more benefit than all that kind of surface level self-help that I that I tried. It was like my missing link.
0: Yeah, well it's kind of um it's kind of like dealing um with things at the most basic level. It's kind of like going to the core issue or, or not issue, but the core of things, you know, um, that it's, it's like not putting a Band-Aid on a cut. It's actually healing yeah. the cut kind of thing. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, because every, every self-help thing I tried before, it really was. It was like a Band-Aid over an old wound but the wound wasn't changing. This was actually diving straight in and, and affecting a a true healing in my body. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So now what would you say um, are the, uh, well, you mentioned Qi a little while ago. So most of my listeners probably know about Qi, but there are probably those who don't. So would you mind explaining, you know, from your perspective, Qi and how, the standing meditation um, affects chi, ones chi.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd love to. So when, when I first learned about this, I, you know, I heard about the concept of chi, and I, it's, I, could, I did. It's not like I could feel it at all. I, did, I didn't know what was going on, and I kind of thought I, I dismissed it. I was like, yeah, that's just a concept invented by people before modern-day anatomy and physiology and medicine and microscopes and all that jazz but i i was incorrect it turns out there's actually some science that now shows there is a there is an, a subtle energy and it and it runs through channels in our body so let's yeah so i'll, I'll talk about what that is so the Taoists came named this energy chi and what it is is it's a subtle energy that is like an organizing force uh in the in the universe um she basically powers it's it's, you could think of it like electricity now electricity can be used for all kinds of things but it's the Mm -hmm. energy that makes things work um including your uh physical tissues um and including also even your your emotions so back so like back to acupuncture those needles when they place them in your body they're working with the flow of chi, and as a result of balancing the chi, um, they can help with like negative emotions, like sadness and resolving that, or for, or or worry, or you know, like chronic worry. And the reason is, when you're young um, and you withstand like a, a shock, like a parent yelling at you or something like that, um, if you're not able to process that shock, which I mean, most of us. Can't we? When we're born, we don't get the user manual for how to, you know, work with our emotions. <laughs> right. I mean, I I didn't. I don't know about you, but I didn't.
0: Um, no.
1: No. Still uh, looking uh, for yeah, the book. <laughs> yeah. I no, Well, all right. We'll go, go on Amazon or something. So, so, uh, I, so what happens is these unprocessed feelings and traumas they actually cause blockages in our meridians. And they block the flow of chi. So that's why all that self-help stuff that I tried didn't really work for me because it never did anything about these uh, old emotional traumas. So when I started doing this meditation, um, it I was finally addressing those blocks. I was finally actually able to stand in a way and and, and quiet my mind and breathe deeply in a way where... The cheese started to flow in a way that it dissolved the blockages. So I started thinking more positively without even trying. It was like someone turned down the volume knob on on my looping, looping, looping thoughts of like self hatred. Um, And that's why that's why I became so fascinated because I realized this working with our energy is like the missing factor for so many people out there you know when we try and work with our minds or you know when we try and improve the health of our bodies sometimes it works but oftentimes if it doesn't work it's because we're we're not addressing the the energetic connection and i finally was and and that's how i was finally able to start um you know kind of turning my life around from the inside out um so it, it and it's just cool. It's like the idea that she is real makes me feel like I'm living in like a, a movie or something. It's like Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's it, once you recognize that it's there and that and, uh, you have the ability to affect it by what you do and think, then it, it, it it's empowering. It's like, hmm, I can change. You know, like the people that noticed your changes. You know, it, it, it so it's noticeable to others. Um, But, you know, when you were talking about, like, healing of the trauma, um, one of the things I kind of gave a chuckle when I was reading your book about um, things that you'll notice um, happening, you know, when, you know, you were doing the standing meditation. And when it was shaking and memories pop into mind, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking back, you know, what you were just saying about the trauma kind of things popping into mind. But then there's cough, grunt, moan, and groan. (laughs) I just thought, I said, boy, that is something to look forward to, <laughs> but um, tell us, tell us. I mean, you know, because the, the one thing I like about the book is, is that you, you you call it like it is. You tell it, you know, that it's not going to be easy, you know, and it's something that you have to practice at, and, and that you're going to always be just just improving. You're never going to get there. So, um, so can you tell us a, um, a, a little bit about what someone was experiencing and, and why? why that would be good to experience that
1: oh yes sir and um and i'm glad you asked because that's that's really important because i think a lot of people when they start any kind of spiritual work or or meditation practice any anything like that oftentimes what will happen is old memories will pop up and and they might be bad memories um, or uncomfortable feelings will come up like 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 worry or anger or frustration and and someone might be tempted to think something's going wrong but that's actually not true it's actually old stuff bubbling up and finally getting processed and you can't you have to it you know you have to feel it again you have to feel it to heal it Um, so in the Taoist spiritual tradition they'll talk about how there's always a physical side to things and an energetic side and a spiritual side so it's like three levels they're all interrelated so when you go through a change with your energy like if you meditate um, you will also have a physical change so when you process uh, an old emotion um, like say old grief, old sadness, um, and you process it on on an energetic level. There's going to be a physical manifestation as a result, and often it's going to be um, coughing because um, actually in in Taoism grief is associated with the lungs, so you'll mm-hmm. you'll start coughing for no reason. It's like there's it's like the room hasn't changed. No one's smoking around you you're not there's nothing it's not like you're no can, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah right um but you'll start coughing um and that's okay it's it's the way i love to think of it it's like oh okay good I, i'm finally getting rid of that <laughs> it's it's finally leaving um but, but yeah, you, 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 I, I'm glad you brought up, you know, that weird stuff like that will happen, because, I mean, at one point I was doing this practice, and I had a, a roommate, and he, uh, uh, yeah, his his bedroom was, like, directly beneath mine. And he'd hear me just, like, and, like, you know, making this, like, groaning noise and then coughing. And, he, <laughs> and he's just, like, <laughs> finally, I, like, <laughs> mentioned, oh, yeah, when I meditate, that happens. And he's just, like, oh, Okay is that what that was I'm like, Oh,
0: like you heard that okay oh boy so you know what though it's, it's worth it what's yeah. up well you know i'm say you know i mean those those are the kinds of things that if someone were to pick up your book or try that practice and that were to happen um some people might get scared away. I mean, you know, quite honestly, you know, the, I mean, the, uh, you know, no reason for coffee and, and uh, just just the, the body's reaction, you know, would be would normally, I would think, scare some people away. But it's good to know that that's a, a natural occurrence with the practice. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely, and it, it is a good something for people to know up front. Not only because it might scam away, but when it happens, if you know ahead of time, then then you know
0: you're on the right track. Yeah. Wow, well, that's great. Well, Nate, we're about halfway through the show, so I'm going to take a quick break, um, and I do want to invite listeners. If you would like to call in and ask Nate any questions, you can call in at six one nine seven, eight, nine, four, three, five, nine. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to type them in there. Um, and then when we come back, Nate, um, you mentioned breathing exercises, you know, um, when we we're talking about tools for, so I, I kind of would like to, to just to maybe give the listeners a little bit of um, your opinion and maybe uh, an exercise that they can do. Okay.
1: I'd love it. Absolutely.
0: Okay. okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Nate Rifkin, and we've been talking about his new book, The Standing Meditation, Excel in the Modern World, Using an Ancient Practice. And again, you can find out more about uh, his book as well as his blog, by visiting his website, which is com. Okay, with that, we're back. Nate? Great to be back. Hey, thank you, sir. So um, during the first half of the show, you mentioned um, breathing, um, you know, deep breathing exercises. And, you know, this is one of the things that um, I – I had a an 82-year-old friend who was having difficulties like sleeping. And when she learned about a deep breathing exercise, it kind of just like worked for her, like worked magic for her. So anytime I can have a guest on to talk about deep breathing exercises, I know there's someone out there who will benefit from it. So can you tell us maybe you – know, I'm sure there are plenty of different types, but would you? What, what's your favorite um, – deep breathing exercise.
1: Oh, I'd love to share. And, and yeah, and that's a, it's a really cool story. And it, and it's one I, I hear over and over. So here is one of the best exercises that I've ever done. And it's, and it's one you can do immediately. So what I love to do is place one hand on my belly, like right over. So my palm is like right over my belly button. And then I place my other hand on my chest, like right where, kind of near my heart. And when you breathe, your goal is to have your hand on your belly rise up and down with your breath. And your hand on your chest, make sure that hand remains still. So as a result, what happens is, you're expanding your lungs straight downward, which causes your belly to expand. This causes your lungs to fill to their full capacity because when when we only breathe into our chests and our belly remains still, that's a shallow breath. And And it's the kind of breathing we do when we're in a panic state. Now, because that's how we breathe when we're in a panic state, because we default to that, we're actually triggering a subtle panic mechanism all day all day and it it doesn't so people are walking around and they feel this low level stress it's like why am I so stressed out it's because you're actually trigger triggering your body to enter a stressful state but when you start breathing into your belly and you give it time what happens is your central nervous system calms down which can help you uh, get to sleep uh, when it's late at night and you're uh, causing all kinds of positive uh, changes to your brain chemistry, and earlier we were talking about chi, when you breathe deeply, you're giving the organs in your torso a massage. And it sounds kind of weird, but if you think about it, when you extend (laughs) your lungs fully down, yeah, you're, um, you're actually gently pressing into your stomach, your spleen, uh, pancreas, liver, uh, large and small intestine, and this is a good thing. It's actually it's actually good for our health. We're supposed to have this happen, and you'll actually feel like when you breathe into your belly, there's a bit of a, almost like a condensing of the organs down there in your belly area. This helps with the flow of chi throughout your organs. Now, I, I want to mention something else. It's like earlier when you mentioned that um, when – one meditates that you know old emotions and even mm-hmm. physical manifestations can start to bubble up when you when you start a deep breathing practice like this especially if it's new to you um and you've been dealing with a lot of stress the deep breathing can can feel emotionally uncomfortable at first um because your mm-hmm. body is not used to this you know it's not used to the shifting and massaging of your organs. It's not used to your lungs expanding downward, which actually makes room for your heart to beat more. and this can be it can be a little weird. Um, but that's okay. it's temporary it, It's sort of like getting you it's, it's, it's like getting used to a new set of shoes or something like that. Um, <laughs> and once you get past this and you make it a, a daily habit and a daily default for you to breathe in this way um you're gonna notice some profound changes in your health both uh both physically and mentally.
0: well, I love that no <laughs> you know, i I've, I've known about deep breathing exercise and i've I catch myself as often as I can, which sometimes isn't too often, you know, doing the shallow breaths and trying to get myself, you know, into the habit of deep breathing. Um, But one of the things that I always had a challenge with is uh, like the the timing, you know, breathing, uh, adjusting my breathing cycle to someone else's um, time, you know, but the idea of, you know, holding one over the stomach, one over the, the heart kind of area, keeping one steady while the other one rises. That, to me, is a um, – it gives me a, a, a visual focus, a place to visually focus on, you know, am I am I working – am I doing it right? Not, you know, right. Is it – you know, the, am I trying – am I accomplishing what I set out to do? Um, so it mm-hmm. kind of gives you where the other one is, is not um, – anyway, for me, it's – I, I personally like that idea, and I will be I'll be using that one. But um, I think thank you for that.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It, yeah, it's I, I like the way you put that because it's like a yardstick. It's like, am I doing it right? Um, and it's this is a cool little um, a litmus test to use. And yeah, catching yourself is is a wonderful practice because the more you do it, the more you'll get used to like the the mechanism. It's like, oh, I, I just hit some stress okay first thing let's 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 catch myself and make sure I'm breathing right and it and it just it's it's like riding a bike eventually,
0: yeah, yeah, you know it's the idea of you know you have a practice that's unconscious, which is the breathing you know, and then you bring it to the conscious recognizing you know how you're breathing, then you change it you know and then you you do it if you do it long enough, then well you know uh the unconscious shift from, you know, from the old pattern to the new pattern. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, um, gosh, we're we're well past the the uh, middle of the show. So I want to talk about your book a little bit. And, you know, you've got some wonderful topics in your book um, that, um, you know, people can, you know, learn from. and One of them was coping with pain, which is something that um, a lot of people um, are dealing with. But one of the um, areas that I think, uh, if you wouldn't mind kind of talking a little bit about that, um, is the idea of tempering your emotions. So tell us the, the role of, of emotions from your standpoint and... Um, why temper them? I mean, what, what is it? Do we just not want extreme emotion? Oh,
1: it's, it's it's a great question, um, and it's one that it it used to confuse me, and and I think a lot of people. Um, it, it's a confusing topic because I don't think it's 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 been taught very well in the past. So, here's how I like to say it: emotions are very very useful for a few seconds or so all, all emotions, like anger is very useful because if you're attacked by someone, if you feel trapped, anger alerts you to that. Um, if, if your life is at risk, fear is very useful because it alerts you that you have to do something about it. And it works faster than any kind of, you know, intellectual thought process could, you know, if, if you're, um, if if you're uh, you know, being um cut off in traffic and someone is not, not just like cutting you off, but they're slamming on their brakes and they're about to cause your car to crash and you, you react and you and um and it's a, very emotional, that process is a lot quicker than thinking, Oh, interesting, this car's slamming on its brakes. Oh, I wonder if I should you know, by <laughs> by the time you think through it all you'll you'll be crashed. So I, I like to set that stage because a lot of people, they don't have the best relationship with their emotions. You know, it's, it's something that's like, oh, I, I feel bad, and you know, I'm so, I'm trying to like think positive. I'm trying to feel better, and I think it's important to recognize that your emotions are a part of you, and they, and they do have a role in your life. So here's the thing, though, they're they're useful for a few seconds to alert you to something, but it's when these emotions become chronic. Um, and ongoing and we can't shut them off that's when they cause issues chronic fear chronic worry chronic anger chronic frustration it's it's like a warning bell it's like an alarm that you can't it's like you walk into your home and you don't shut off your alarm and it just keeps going and going and going that's what we're experiencing when we have chronic emotions so the idea is not to shut them off Um, it's not to become a robot, um, and, and some people, unfortunately, that's what they fall into. They become robots. And, but the idea is to temper them. So so here's how we do that. Step one is first to recognize that uh, an emotion is useful in some sense. Like let's 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 take an example. Let let's say uh, chronic worry. Worry is useful because it does alert you to some kind of a risk you've experienced. The thing is though, when you're chronically worried, it's gonna, it's because it's not always a logical, rational reason. It's because of some old wounding and some old trauma that you experienced that caused you to constantly be on the lookout for the next thing that's going to jump out of the dark alley to get you. Um, and if there's nothing um if there's no one jumping out of that metaphorical alley, your mind is going to create something. You're, you're going to be Mm -hmm. thinking about the future and what could everything that could go wrong. So how do we, how do we temper our emotions? Step one or or step one was to acknowledge their usefulness. Now step two is you don't want to start fighting them directly, which is often, um, it's certainly what I tried to do. it's it's kind of like when someone gets upset and 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 you um, you yell at them to calm down. I don't think <laughs> telling someone to calm down has actually ever made anyone calm down in the history of like human civilization. I don't I just don't think that's no, ever right. worked. It's never worked for me. <laughs> but no, you're right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've made that work. I haven't. No, um, no. No. Yeah. So, but what we can do is take the indirect approach. So what I like to do is acknowledge the emotion. You know, I'm feeling worried. Now, here's the distinction. Someone might say, I'm worried. But what that phrasing does is it, it makes it part of your identity. When I say, I mm-hmm. feel worried, I'm saying it's, I'm, I'm recognizing that it's just a feeling. So I'm kind of placing it outside of myself. I'm saying, oh, I feel worried. So I recognize it's useful. I acknowledge that I'm feeling it. And as a result, I'm already beginning to separate myself from it. Now, I'm still, I'm yeah. still in the thick of it, but I'm, I'm gaining some separation. And then next, you can start harnessing that deep breathing practice we just learned, and that will start mm-hmm. changing your body chemistry. And as a result, the worry will start to dissipate. Now this, this isn't, now, this isn't like a one-time thing. This, it's more like a strategy that you can pull out of your toolbox whenever you feel it. Because as long as we're humans on this planet, we're going to get hit with fear. We're going to get hit with worry. Because there's, there's, a, there's a use for them. There always will be. We're always going to have challenges. But now we can learn to have those emotions, um, gain the information perspective we need from them, and then we can breathe them away. We can we can acknowledge that they're just a separate, temporary thing, and breathe them away, temper them, and then you know, do whatever we have to do in life from a from a more centered place, um, which is which is going to help us thrive a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I
0: often tell people I've had had one of the teachers in worry. In my mother, so I mean, it was one of those things that were, you know, um, I at a very young age, I I was exposed to worry, you know, and so I mean, and it was one of those things that was internalized that you know it pops up like well, like you say uh, even in nor- normal circumstances, but um, but with my indoctrination, it you know, pops up more, you know, and then I, you know, tend to recognize it for what it is, and you know, and then to put it in its place but um but yeah that can really be uh debilitating um without um giving it attention um so now yeah. those are all of a the, the challenging emotions what about tempering the positive love, love compassion You what about that that side of the spectrum
1: oh that is a great great question so that, and this is why I really love the Taoist philosophy. So uh, I'm going to dive pretty deep here, but it's, it's really, really cool stuff. According to like the Taoist philosophy, the Taoist spiritual tradition, when we're born, when we come into our human bodies, we come in with virtues. Now, these virtues are compassion, compassion like benevolence, courage, wisdom, um, these are inherent within us. There's something that is a part of us. But when we live, as we grow up and, and, and we, uh, we experience this, this existence on this planet, we have emotions and they're they're the Taoists refers to them as acquired emotions because we don't come in with them we, we we acquire them we get them and these are like anger worry you know frustration irritation um and over excitement mm. so when when you mentioned like compassion um and and benevolence and 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 and, and feelings like that the Dao- uh, Taoist would say those are actually virtues and they're a part of you and and those are what shine through when you're able to clear away the debris of emotions like worry like for instance Mm. when you clear away anger compassion shines through when you clear away um sadness courage shines through um So, so that they would classify them as virtues. Now, the the other part of that is, though, it's like, they will classify excitement as an emotion. And you might think, well, excitement's a good thing, right? It it can be in small doses. But what happens when you're chronically excited? You know, all of a sudden you get, you get really jazzed up and you're excited about something, you're frantic about it. As fun as that might be, I mean, it can be fun on a roller coaster. That's what leads us to poor decisions. Um, and i I cannot count the number of times back when I was trying to start my business before before I uh started drinking every morning and it all came crashing down. I spent a lot of time feeling really excited about something i I wish I had spent a little bit more time you know breathing deep into my belly and and feeling a little calm and then and then double checking to make sure that you know my excitement was justified rather than me just kind of stumbling into into more credit card debt or something like that. So, so I, I, so overall to, to, you know, to, to answer what you brought up, which I love, um, the, the virtues are what shine through when we're able to temper our emotions and those virtues are like compassion, integrity, courage, and, and, um, benevolence and, and centeredness.
0: Good. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> That's really good to know. Me too, yeah. Um, you mentioned, you just mentioned business, and, and I had um, one quote down from the book that I wanted to touch on if it came up, and this is a good time for it. In, in, in the book, you indicated that you had struggled to build a business um, but failed because you chased the result. And should have focused on the craft. So, can you tell us a little little bit about you know that business shift, you know, um, and, and how that happened, and for other business owners out there who may who may be you know taking the, the result? Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, I uh, I I, I, I know, I'll just be honest. I actually went through a bankruptcy, um, and I'm not, I'm actually rather I'm in a way I'm kind of proud of it because it was a great learning experience, and and it's and it's a way others can can learn too. So I'll I'll tell I'll briefly tell the story of that. Um, when I when I was deep into self help or the you know the, the kind of typical self help stuff that I was doing with goal setting um, and kind of like trying to keep my thoughts positive i i never achieved a single goal i set and and i was always like scrambling outside of myself to strive for like income goals and my business would make this much of a profit um and and i always crashed and burned and eventually i i actually had to file for bankruptcy and i i still remember to this day i i was living in um, uh, denver at the time and i actually went to this big building and went to the 16th floor and i had to sit in front of a judge Raise my hand and swear under oath that I, I couldn't pay my bills, um, and once I once I went through that, I decided you know what I'm going to think of this as like a financial like baptism. It's 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 me mm-hmm. starting over, and I and I looked around. It was like looking around the debris of of my life, and, and it's just like you know all that stuff goal setting and striving forward to trying to get this big income in my business. It, it didn't work for me. So I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to focus on what can I do as far as my set and, and building a foundation today, like on every day I'd ask myself that. So I actually went and I got a job um, to cover my bills and to cover my rent and food because I realized, all right, Going into debt trying to build a big business didn't work. I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm financially covering all my bare minimum expenses, and I'm just going to start saving money and building wealth right now. So I actually got a job, and it was spinning a sign on the street corner, by the way. I, made, I started at 10 bucks an hour, and I wore a goofy costume. And I held up this sign, and it was awesome. <laughs> Because I could listen to audio books all day. I mean, they said, like, hey, you can listen to music. I'm like, that's nice. I want to I listen to books, though. Mm-hmm. So every day I'd go out there and spin my sign, and I'd, I'd get my weekly paycheck, and I'd save 10%. And I'd give 10% to charity. So I was building up the skill set of managing my money. Now, there wasn't much money to manage, but instead of waiting for a, a future that never arrived, where I'd like, okay, once once I make it once my business is grown big enough, then I'll start learning to handle this stuff. No, 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 I start handling Mm -hmm. it immediately. So I was proving to myself that I was growing wealthy. Now I was only growing wealthy by 30 bucks a week. (laughs) But I yeah, yeah, but it worked Mm -hmm. because it was real. Instead of imagining it, I was doing it. Um, And a funny thing happened I uh, I started having fewer uh, surprise expenses like my car would break down fewer times somehow I always managed to be able to save $30 so uh, a couple of years went by and what happened was I got introduced to um, a company and I I, I talked with them, and they said, hey, we need, we need some help with our marketing. And, and, I, and I, I wasn't shy. I was like, oh, yeah, I, and I had started my own company, and I totally failed. And they're just like, <laughs> yeah, actually, we, we could learn from that. Um, and along the way, even though my company, even though I had gone bankrupt, I had learned the skill of writing. I had learned the skill of writing and advertising. And I love writing. And I and I just never clicked from you before that I could actually just focus on the skill of writing. I, I had these big dreams to be this entrepreneur and be you know, like own a big company and all that. And I I really had to instead get to know myself and realize buried within that are skill sets that I excel at. And I think this and the reason I tell the stories is I think that applies to everyone because we all have hidden talents and the way we find them is. What do other people comment on and say, wow, you're really good at that? And you think to yourself, well, I mean, everyone can do this, right? If you, if, if, if you think that, that means you've got a talent. Um, and I was always just like, well, it's just writing. No, (laughs) some, some people don't like to write, some people can't write. It's the same with accounting. It's the same. It's the same thing with a lot. It's the same thing with, uh, well, back when I failed chemistry class, someone else out there might love chemistry and think like, well, what? It's just the atomic structure of, you know, cesium or helium. What's so challenging about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, maybe for you. Um, So I think for me and I think for other people too, is life is going to challenge us in an, and and those challenges are going to help us sweep away the dust and be able to see the gold buried within us. Because in every challenge there, I think the universe does never gives us a challenge that we're not able to face. Um, It may be painful, but we are able to face it. And the gift at the other end is we get to look back and, and realize I, I'm capable of getting through that. And not only am I capable of getting through that, there's there's value I can now bring to the world as a result.
0: Exactly. So, so that, yeah, that's my answer that to that. That is so yeah. important. Yeah, that is so important. Well, gosh, Nick, uh, Nate, excuse me, we're already down to the end of the show. So um, is there, and I want to talk about patience, but people can just get your book and learn about the, how patience plays into things. Um, so is there um, maybe any... Final word you may want to give listeners either about the book or just some Taoist uh, gems to share. Uh, you know what
1: I'd I'd really love to. Um, the the last thing I'd like to share is um, there, there's an old ta- uh, Taoist tale of a farmer um, who had a horse, and the ho- one day the horse ran away, and everyone around the farmer's like, oh that's too bad that's that's really bad your horse ran away, and the Taoist farmer said. You know, it's not good or bad. All you have to say is the horse ran away. And then one day the horse came back and with it brought a pack of wild horses. I don't know if you call it a pack or not, but it brought back wild horses. It had made horsey friends and came back home to the farmer. And the townspeople gathered around and said, wow, that's so great. Your horse came back and more horses mm-hmm. came with it. And you know what the Dallas farmer said? He said, you Well, know, don't say good or bad. Just say, now I have many horses. So that is, that's what I'd leave you with is when we, when we judge a situation as bad, we cloud our perception of what we can learn. And when we get addicted to, oh, okay, this is good, judging is good even, that still filters our perception. So it's not to become a robot, but it's always having this mindset where, hey, you know what? situations come and go this too shall pass but um there's always there's always a, a path to grow as a result so that's what i would leave you with
0: yeah yeah you know and, and just looking at things um just as they are you know and, and that um it doesn't um doesn't uh, make us Anything that anything that uh we don't want to be. I mean it's just you know, looking at life without judgment I think is just it makes life so much easier. Um for for the person, you know, um, who is not judgmental. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I've got a book called The Standing Meditation. So (laughs) that's the other thing (laughs) I'd say. I like it. I'm a little biased, but I think it's a cool book. Excel in the
0: Modern World Using the Nature Practice. Yes, it it. is real cool, Nick. And and, I don't know why I keep calling me Nate. Nate, Excuse me, Nate. and I, I what I also you. like about your book, what you, well, I like about your book is you have wonderful um, figures in there for people to be like when you were talking about the the um, the pose, the standing meditation. Um, you have figures in there for you know, so for some of us who can't translate, who find you know visual um, aids better in, in understanding, that is a big help. Oh,
1: for sure, absolutely, yeah.
0: Well, thank you well thank you sir for your time nate i really appreciate you spending it with us it was an honor so thank you you're very welcome again everyone today my special guest has been nate rifkin and we have been talking about his new book the standing meditation excel in the modern world using an ancient practice book is available from all sources amazon and others as well um and you can also find out more about nate by visiting his website which is naterifkin.com that's n-a-t-e-r-i-f-k-i-n.com so everyone i want to thank you for joining us for today's edition of the bringing inspiration to earth show and until we meet again thank you for tuning in you've been listening to the bringing inspiration to earth show remember our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light By bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Byteradio.me at AOL.com. But if you go to the website, Byteradio.me is the website. There's a link to, to send an email that way. That's probably the easiest and, and then also if you have that then if there's anybody that you feel might be interested in, in you know doing a show, you can send them that link and they can get an understanding of what I do. sorry, sorry Nate, I don't know what happened there, but it closed off your mic. Um you asked about um where to send an email?